HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Whole Foods Market brings you meals worth sharing this holiday season. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com slash shop for our online menu and ordering system. Local turkeys, inspired sides, and even a little something for your hosts, all available online or in-store at one of our six Manhattan locations. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com for more details. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host and producer is Sophie Schlesinger. And today on our show, we are very pleased to be talking with Matthew Lang, who is um, the owner of Lang Dairy Development and the development coordinator of North Carolina Dairy Advantage. Um, Matt, are you with us? It's good to be joining you today. Thank you for taking time out to be on the show. Indeed, uh, it's my pleasure. So um, it's funny on this show. I feel like we talk. We've talked with a ton of cheesemakers. We've talked to some retailers. We've talked to different people from different walks of life. People who make cheese equipment, but we've never really talked to anybody like you. Um, I would love for you to kind of explain um, how you got started in the dairy business in general, and then um, sort of what you what you do now. Sure. Uh, well, I can start uh, back. Um, uh, uh, a few years ago, uh, I originally started off working at the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture uh, in a program what was called as the Value Added Dairy Initiative. And um, in that capacity, uh, my job was working with um, uh, small farmstead cheesemakers as well as dairy producers, uh, as well as large uh, commercial dairy processors, and really uh, in general helping grow the dairy industry in Wisconsin. Uh, during that time, I, I uh, met and became uh, acquainted with some dairy industry professionals here in North Carolina, and uh, I just 
decided to opt for warmer weather and, and shoveling less snow. So I, <laughs> I made my way down here to uh, North Carolina. And um, in my current capacity, uh, I work as the dairy development coordinator trying to uh, grow North Carolina's dairy industry. And that means working with existing dairy farmers, helping them um, increase profitable opportunities, uh, look at opportunities for expansion. Um, we work with uh, several farmstead dairies, looking at helping them uh, grow their product lines, increasing marketing, uh, things of that nature, as well as helping relocate new dairies and get new dairy operations started in the state. So it's it's a rather abstract job at times, um, but uh, it, it's probably a hybrid between a private consultant, uh, an extension uh, agent uh, at a local university, and um, and maybe a little bit of a magician at times, too. <laughs> we all need one of those, for sure. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit about the dairy landscape in North Carolina? Um, last week on our show, we spoke with a woman from uh, an, up, an upstate dairy farm in New York, and New York is quite a large producer of dairy products. Um, but I believe you said North Carolina is a little bit further down there on the, uh, on the scale. Yeah, uh, North Carolina is in, uh, known as a traditional dairy state. Uh, currently, there's about 45,000 dairy cattle in North Carolina, and um, we've got about 300 or so dairy farms, uh, registered dairy farms. So, you know, in, in comparison, Wisconsin has, I think, about 13,000 or 12,000 some uh, dairy farms and, and uh, has over a million cows. So that's uh, that's a bit of a difference between uh, North Carolina and, and, say, a traditional dairy state. Um, but we have a, a very rich dairy heritage here in North Carolina. Um, the, the dairy producers that are here are, are very successful. Uh, they've, um, they've implemented a lot of modern technologies and uh, really have uh, been quite progressive, and they've, they've needed to in order to uh, compete with some of those traditional dairy states. Um, but we also have a great uh, university program at, at NC State University. Uh, they have a dairy research um, in both in food science and, and uh, in dairy production. Uh, so we have some, uh, some good support here in North Carolina, uh, even though we're not as uh, robust as, say, New York or, or Pennsylvania. And now, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, what those partnerships would look like with uh, NC State. Um, I was actually had the opportunity to visit NC State last last week and was pretty impressed by the facilities that they have there. Um, do you organize uh, workshops and things like that for your farmers to go and take advantage of, uh, of the learning that's uh, going on there? Yeah, I think that's probably um, the greatest asset to what, what we do or, or the best way to explain what we do at Dairy Advantage. Uh, NC Dairy Advantage is actually a, um, a collaboration of the dairy industry. Uh, that includes the Department of Agriculture, NC State University, uh, the, uh, the University Extension, um, industry uh, partners. It could be co-ops, uh, feed dealers, uh, milk uh, companies. Um, just a whole conglomeration of folks have come together. And, and so, for example, working with the university, um, NC State has a uh, uh, artisan cheesemaking short course uh, once a year, and it's usually several days long. 
and we help out with that in terms of um, uh, giving presentations on marketing and distribution uh, of uh, artisan cheese products as well as helping set up business plans and things of that nature. Uh, earlier in the year, we partnered with the Department of Agriculture in putting together a workshop uh, for beginning farmstead cheesemakers, helping them identify resources. Uh, we also work in partnership with the Department of Agriculture and uh, Whole Foods to sponsor artisan cheese booths at both of our state fairs. And we help uh, in that capacity by promoting uh, farmstead cheesemakers, helping them sell their products, and really getting uh, the publicity out there about what they're doing. Um, and we work with uh, University Extension uh, to put on workshops and, and work one-on-one with dairy producers. We have a, a thing here in North Carolina that we actually adopted uh, from Pennsylvania, and that is uh, what we call profit teams. And so myself and, and industry professionals, they could be veterinarians, business consultants, accountants, nutritionists, uh, we work together in helping dairy farmers um, resolve some concerns or issues they have on their farms. So if, um, if, if they're having a problem with um, milk quality or something like that, that's something that a partnership between all of those allied industry folks can help with. That's really amazing. I feel like, you know, Dairy Advantage in general, um, just listing off the types of organizations that are partnered with you for Dairy Advantage and then these profit teams, it sounds like it's all very progressive and based on communication between industries and uh, and people with different areas of expertise, which I feel like is the key to pretty much any successful business operation. Um, yeah, there's there's that. Def- Definitely no uh, recipe for what we're doing. I think it's uh, uh, rather unique and a bit of a hybrid. Now, let me ask you this. You spent a lot of time talking about um, farmstead cheese production. And, of course, we we all know that that's um, um, a great way for farmers to add value to their dairies and to kind of um, take the reins, as it were, of their own kind of economic sovereignty but I'm sure you work with plenty of dairy farmers in North Carolina that are not farmstead cheesemakers. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the services that uh, that you provide to those farms and kind of what the state of affairs is for people pr- producing fluid milk in North Carolina. Sure. Uh, you're right in that um, about all the 300 dairy farms that we have in North Carolina, just, uh, just a few really are farmstead-based. Um, the remaining uh, dairy operations are, are commercial dairies, grade A. Um, that means that they're, they're producing milk for um, milk bottling, uh, and they ship that through co-ops or independent milk sales um, throughout the state and the region. Uh, so the landscape of the dairy producers here in North Carolina, there's, um, the, the state herd average is about 180 cows per farm. Um, and that will vary. We work with dairy farmers that have 50 cows and those that have over 1,000 cows. Um, and, you know, w- with the commercial dairy operations, uh, as some might be aware of, you know, there's increased volatility uh, due to um, increased input costs, being feed and fuel, um, land and things of that nature. 
as well as um, the volatility that we see in the milk prices. Uh, 2009 really hit the dairy world very hard. That was uh, we saw some of the lowest milk prices ever uh, in 2009, and, and now we're we're seeing some of the the uh, uh, highest milk prices we've seen in a long time. So that um, that up and down, uh, real steep uh, curve, if you will, is is really difficult to manage sometimes. And uh, so Dairy Advantage helps um, dairy producers working one on one with them um, and through educational workshops, helping them identify some ways that they can save money, uh, whether it be looking at alternatives in their feeding. Uh, maybe it's um, converting to a pasture-based system where their uh, their feed costs may be uh, lower, and um, that might help increase their, their margins. Uh, it might also be helping them identify alternative markets to increase um, their milk, uh, the price for their milk, and that might be an organic. Uh, we've We've got a number of growing organic dairy farms in North Carolina. And uh, and, and just in general, kind of being uh, on call for dairy producers here in the state, um, whether they're, they're looking for equipment, um, they're looking for someone uh, who's got expertise in, in a particular software program that they might be using um, or helping them formulate a ration for their cattle, uh, they might be looking at leasing some of their cows. All different kinds of questions we get. So we we, uh, we cover a wide spectrum of the dairy business and, and try to um, try to help in any way possible. That's really um, pretty amazing, I have to say. Uh, it, it's it's kind of the dream. I feel like you know, yeah, like you said, yeah. magician. People dream of uh, having a resource like that. Um, Sophie, did you have a question? Or? Yeah, well, I guess you touched on it a little bit, but I was just gonna. Um, ask for you to maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, what these profit teams are suggesting from kind of all sides with uh, everything being so unstable, you know, and if if this kind of trend condi- uh, continues, what what are you hoping to see change first? Or um, what, what are just some of the different aspects that you're hoping to be able to assist with? Sure. So uh, whether it be the profit teams or just working with producers individually, I think the biggest thing right now um, is managing risk. Uh, risk management is is very key for dairy farmers uh, with all that volatility. Uh, so it might be um, looking at um, uh, buying their their feed at a certain time when when prices might be lower, uh, helping them store up more feed. Uh, dairy farmers might um, look at. Um, buying more feed at a given time or, or actually adding acreage to their farm uh, so that they can build up their feed supplies so that when feed prices might go higher, um, you know, they've, they've purchased their feed before at a relatively lower price. Um, also looking at ways that we can really help manage um, our dairy operations, not just through those hard times when milk prices are low, but also through the good times. You know, when, when that paycheck is coming, that milk check's coming in and there's actually something left over at the end of the day, what do we do with it? Uh, where's the best place to reinvest it in the farm? And uh, I think that's, that's pretty much what we're working on right now with a lot of dairy producers is 
they know that time is coming forward when milk prices won't be as high. So how do we best utilize what we have right now? And um, I think really, you know, just um, increased uh, innovation, uh, looking at ways that not just cutting costs, but ways we can be more efficient, uh, ways that we can improve our milk quality, uh, ways that we can uh, increase our reproductive efficiency with uh, dairy cows. Um, you know, the uh, being able to have uh, a good reproductive program and have heifers and and uh, such coming in in through the stream is is really important, not just today but down the road. And I think that probably sums it up best. And that's you know we're not just helping dairy farmers manage risk today, but we're looking two years down the road, three years down the road, and helping them figure out what do we do now so that we're better situated when that time comes. Now, um, I was just wondering about, you know, we keep talking about the milk price and how volatile that is. Um, you know, we were talking, like I said last week, with uh, Lorraine Lewandowski, who is a farmer upstate New York, and she was saying that uh, in New York State, um, despite the fact that they're a large producer, uh, New York State's a large producer, their um, milk checks are typically lower than all of the surrounding states. I think she quoted uh, $20.88 for 100 weight. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about the price of milk in North Carolina and how that structure differs. Sure. So a lot of the milk, uh, uh, first and foremost, a lot of milk in, in um, um, I'm not certain about New York, but here in North Carolina, um, almost all of our milk goes into fluid milk production. So we have um, uh, our milk going into milk bottling uh, operations. Uh, very, very little, if any, goes into cheese making. Um, and that alternative um, uh, milk being bottled makes our price uh, a little bit higher. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is we're a milk deficit state. Uh, being milk deficit, that means we're bringing milk into North Carolina just to meet uh, the demand of our milk plants. Uh, so I think we've got about six uh, grade A milk plants in North Carolina. And... Um, so our dairy farmers ship milk to them, uh, but we also have to bring milk into the state. And not only that, but we have to bring milk into the whole southeast U.S. Uh, just to meet the, the needs uh, of our, our uh, processor demands. Um, the, the downside is we have to bring that milk in. The plus side is uh, we, we pay uh, a higher price for uh, the farmers for their milk here. So it's, it, in some cases, it's a great place to dairy because um, here in North Carolina, we have some of the highest milk prices in the country uh, that we pay to farmers. So it's a great place to dairy farm um, as compared to maybe a place where, like New York or, or Wisconsin, where they have a glut of milk. Hmm. Um, their price is generally lower. Interesting. And um, so I, I just wanted to sort of dig in. Um, you said that the, the price was also higher because the milk was being sold as fluid milk. Um, milk that's being turned into cheese on the commodity market, is that generally made from a different grade of milk? No, it, it's the same. Uh, it, it depends state to state, really. Um, and when you look at, um, 
so uh, class three is uh, uh, cheese, basically milk that's going into cheese production. And that has a big significance of, of how milk is priced throughout the whole country, no matter, no matter what capacity it's going into. Um, but generally speaking, with, uh, with fluid milk, um, the price is, is relatively higher. And added on to that, you know, we're, we're deficit. So we need more of that milk coming in. Um, so th- those, those two sources right there make the price higher. Hmm. Interesting. Um, milk pricing, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. never-ending kind of web. I'm, I'm continually learning more about it. Um, well, we are about halfway through the show, so we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will um, hear more from Matt Lang and Dairy Advantage in North Carolina. Stick with us. Come on. And yes, y'all, you are now in tune to the sound of the legendary foundation. on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, on our show today, we are talking with Matt Lang, who is the uh, director of uh, North Carolina Dairy Advantage and also um, the owner-operator of Lang Dairy Development. Um, so, Matt, I have, to, um, I have to say, it's funny, we met last, uh, last week when I was down in North Carolina, and I cannot believe that you have managed to do all that you do. And I believe, are you 29? Did, am I remembering that correctly? Matt, are you with 29, us? 29 a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, uh-oh, he's mad at me. I hope, I, I hope you don't mind me calling you out on that. I just, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, I, I find that, you know, you've accomplished so much and are really kind of a wealth of, of knowledge. Um, I guess we're very lucky that you got an early start, so you'll uh, have a long and illustrious career yeah. in the dairy industry. Um. So um, I was just wondering, uh, can we talk a little bit more about your own personal business, Lang Dairy Development, um, and, uh, and what you uh, offer as a personal consultant for dairy farmers? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so Lang Dairy Development actually started um, really out of, uh, uh, I guess, just the growing uh, work that I've done um, here in North Carolina. Uh, we've gotten a number of dairy farms uh, and farmers uh, throughout the southeast that have contacted me and, and uh, whom I've worked with. And um, a lot of it really at the end of the day just comes down to looking at um, uh, where resources are at. You know, um, I think years ago, university extension and such, there were there were resources readily at hand, but with, um, with the loss of dairy farms uh, throughout the country and, and also the loss of that that infrastructure, um, 
you know, the, the dairy farmers who are left are, are struggling to find um, uh, services. So I work with a number of dairy producers, really just helping them identify resources, uh, working with um, a dairy producer right now on a farm transition, um, being that they don't have a, a really anybody to pass their dairy farm down to, and um, and just connecting them with uh, an individual who, who could take over that dairy in a couple of years. That's... Um, work with uh, a number of other individuals on um, implementing some software to help them manage their finances and manage their dairies better. So really, it's um, I just cover a, a wide spectrum. Whatever the dairy producer needs, I, I try to find. If I can't help them, I try to find somebody who can. Now that you brought up a really interesting thing, because that's something that in um, the farmstead cheese business, um, it's becoming more of a concern as well. The whole succession issue, because transferring a dairy between generations seems like it's pretty well transferring a dairy from a family to a new owner seems like really tricky business. Um, can you talk a little bit about experiences you've had or how you've managed that and maybe some success stories that people could um, take notes on? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't matter whether the it's being the farm is being passed down from uh, grandfather to father to grandson, or it's being passed down from uh, a, a couple that owns the dairy, and you know a, another couple is coming and and working for them, and then they're buying into it. It's um, it, it's complex, no matter who's involved. Uh, so it, it's um, I think each. Each um, farm transition is, I think, needs to be taken case by case because they're so different. Um, the most important need that um, dairy producers or farm owners, for that matter, looking in, in at farm transitions is really how do we plan this out uh, and how do we make it equitable and fair to all who are involved. And I think that's something that has to be taken farm by farm uh, on an individual basis because there's there's so many differences. Um, but some of the things that I've really seen that have been successful uh, have been young individuals who have come into a dairy operation, for example, and uh, worked as an employee. And um, so this individual might not be a family member at all. Uh, just someone who wants to get into the dairy business, hopes to own their own farm someday. And they actually work just as an employee for for several years, um, probably working as a farm manager, uh, helping make some of the day-to-day decision-making. And the that's the first phase. The second phase is really more of a, an equal partnership almost. So working with accountants and attorneys, uh, we can help formulate a, a plan for that successor to come in, and maybe they buy shares uh, of the farm. The farm might be incorporated, and they buy stock in it, for example. Uh, and they then start making some of the, the decisions um, on, say, a year-to-year basis. They're making some of the long-term decisions. Are we going to build a new uh, parlor, or we're going to build a new barn. Um, another way to do that, too, if you're not setting up a farm as an, a corporation, is really to get that young individual to buy cows. Um, um, 
know, the herd of cows is there already, get them to take ownership of the cows. And then uh, they can actually lease the dairy uh, from the owner. And that's a, a nice, clean way of, of kind of beginning the transition because if at the end of the day they grow their herd and, and it outgrows the dairy, they own the cows and they can take the cows and move to a new location and not have to worry about, goodness, what do I do with this farm now? You know, how do I sell it? I can't buy another farm until I have this one sold. So really getting that successor to own livestock first uh, is really a nice, clean way of, of beginning. And then that kind of takes us into the third phase, and the third phase is really... Um, letting go. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh at that because that's probably the hardest one of all. Um, And it's hard because um, if, if you are, if your successor is a family member or the person you're taking over the farm from is a family member, that's really difficult because uh, that younger generation uh, may have a new way of doing things, might have a new idea. You know, uh, dad may have, have fed cows in a confinement style for a long period of time, and, and this is what he's done and what's worked for him. But Junior might have an idea of, you know, I'm I'm going to graze a little bit. You know, I'm I might uh, I might have somebody else raise my heifers for me, or something of that nature. And and that that may go against what what Dad believes is is best. Um, but some very close dairy farmers have told me that. The, the best thing they've ever done is just step back and, and let, let them make their decisions and, um, and let them be the managers, you know, when that time comes. And, and sometimes that's hard not to micromanage, especially if it's family, but um, uh, I think it needs to be done if we want to see uh, our farms continue into that next generation. No, it's very true. And I feel like it's also an issue that every business owner faces. You think, oh, how could it possibly work if I'm not here making all these decisions? Then you leave and everything goes smoothly. And you're like, oh, awesome. There are so many smart people that, you know, are part of this, you know, part of this team. So um, that's an interesting thing. Well, I mean, and you don't have to, I don't know if if it's possible to get into the nitty gritty of this, but um, just in terms of the financing required for a young person to take over a dairy like that, I feel like that oftentimes is the biggest hurdle because even if the young person has put in their time, their sweat equity, it's really difficult for somebody to get money to do that from a bank. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, how you've seen that play out? No, you're right. It, it can be daunting for a young individual. Um, just a few weeks ago, I was at World Dairy Expo. Uh, in Wisconsin, uh, our, we Dairy Advantage was exhibiting there, uh, trying to recruit uh, dairy farmers to come to North Carolina. And I had the opportunity to speak with a number of young individuals, and they all said the same thing. Um, you know, I've 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 got great experience. I you know I either grew up on a dairy or I've I've been working on a dairy for five ten years. I uh, went to college. I've got a degree in dairy science or, or something similar to that. And they have really what we would all would think um, are all the credentials or at least, you know, the, a great start to a career uh, as, a, as a dairy farmer. And um, uh, their biggest hurdle is getting that financing. And, um, you know, really it, it's, um, 
some of it is dependent on the individual um, as as a as a person who's going to the bank to borrow it, and some of it has to do with the economy. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I don't want to blame either one. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's a mixture of the two. So the thing that young folks or anybody going into the dairy business, they really need to have a plan. Need to have, uh, you know, I know business plans are long and boring and dry, and you know, half the time, by the time you, you've got the business plan done, it doesn't even uh, exemplify what you're doing anymore. But business plans are really critical um, because the bank wants to be able to see, can you pay us back? <laughs> mm-hmm. And can you manage a successful business um, o- over the long haul? A lot of banks, and in, in a uh, vice president of a bank told me this, um, the two things they come they really look at are can you cash flow your business mm-hmm. and also your character are you the kind of person that they feel or believe can manage a business where you have hundreds of thousands of dollars of costs every year and you maybe only have a few thousand dollars of margin every year uh, and that's that's tough that's tough and not everybody can can manage that so I think the things that, that I've worked with in, in helping young folks getting into the dairy business look at is you don't need to own land and you don't need to necessarily own buildings and own equipment. I think for so long we've been led to believe you need to own things. You need to own these these aspects of the business to be successful. And I think we need to really instill in all of our business managers that you need to be profitable. And how do you get to be profitable? Uh, so for a lot of young folks, I encourage them to focus on on buying cows, buying animals, and buying good quality animals, and and investing in buying good good feed, whether they're growing it themselves uh, or they're they're paying somebody to grow it for them. Um, to me, at the end of the day, that's what pays bills: is having good good animals, whether they be cows or goats or sheep, and having good feet. Um, you know, you can, you can eventually buy land and you can buy facilities. Um, and if you can lease a, a place, that's really, you know, lease a farm, that's really a great way to get into the dairy business because it helps you build equity. It shows the bank that you can manage a business and, um, and, and you probably get a lower interest rate on, on your loan to buy land and buildings. Um, so that that's something that I've seen that's been quite successful. Um, so yeah, I, I think it comes down to a lot of factors, but you have to plan ahead of time, uh, and you have to execute that plan, and you have to really show that you can manage a business. That I feel like is some of the most practical advice that has yeah. ever been disseminated <laughs> here on cutting the curd. <laughs> Um, and so, well, it, it is a sad fact, but we face it every week. We are, um, we have run out of time, but I really would love, um, for you to, um, give us your website and, uh, contact information. So anyone who's listening to the show can get in touch and really take advantage of the invaluable services that you provide. Sure. Uh, yeah. If anybody's interested in, in learning more about what we're doing in North Carolina, uh, or just about, um, uh, the dairy industry here in general, uh, they can see our uh, website at www.ncdairyadvantage.com. And um, we have a number of links and information there. And, and we've just launched the website, so it's, uh, it's 
kind of under construction, but it's still a good resource to go to. Um, you can also go to our Facebook page, and, and that's really a nice way for young folks uh, to get in touch with us, too. And uh, you can just go to Facebook and, and uh, search uh, Dairy Advantage. Um, and uh, otherwise, if people have questions or looking for information, they can email me directly at uh, matthew.ncdairy at gmail.com. Matthew.ncdairy at gmail.com. Yep. Very, That's very right. good. Well, thank you so much for all of your, uh, for your time and your expertise. And um, I hope you'll join us again for uh, some future episode of Cutting the Curd. Indeed. I appreciate all of that you guys do. And, and thank you for inviting me. Thanks a lot. See you guys next week. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network.